This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Now, you hear me. um, We like to weekly talk with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. He's a columnist. He is plugged in. He has broken so many different stories. The guy's very modest about it. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe has written a piece and I believe you'd have to go back a little ways to um, see the type of what I would call a takedown of a politician. The Providence, I don't think, I'm going to say not since Ed Acorn in the Providence Journal have we seen this type of a scathing piece. And it has to do with Governor McKee. Now, when we did speak with Dan McGowan, he did mention that he was going to go to Newport and try to get some answers from Governor McKee regarding a variety of different things, but especially this education thing he rolled out. I want to draw to your attention this piece in the Boston Globe by columnist Dan McGowan. Governor McKee's big education plan overpromises and underwhelms. It starts off, that's it. Since Wednesday was actually Governor McKee's 772nd day in office, you'd think his big education proposal to help Rhode Island students catch up to their peers in Massachusetts by 2030 would be so exhaustively comprehensive it would take journalists, teachers, and mayors a couple of days to digest all of it. Complexity and brilliance. Now, by the way, the McKee people are trying to say first 100 day in office. Where Dan McGowan is right is he took over for Governor Raimondo in March of 21. So it's actually 772 days in office. It continues. Instead, McKee stayed true to the brand he's built over the two plus years, overpromising on a goal, then rolling out a not ready for primetime plan that's so thin that it's sure to underdeliver in the long run. And then we all and then we all now and this is just the beginning part of it. And then we all all we need is a lame excuse for why it failed or a person to blame And the full McKee will be on display. The governor refused to take questions at his press conference at the Newport Boys and Girls Club, rushing off to a back room somewhere in the building rather than face reporters. A spokeswoman said McKee's speech in which with a straight face he compared catching Massachusetts on test scores to JFK's pledge to put a man on the moon had all the answers. It didn't. The gist of the plan is for students to add 1 million hours of learning time to their schedules outside of school in order to both make up for the learning loss during the COVID pandemic, see remote learning, and to match the students in Massachusetts who have long been the nation's leaders in test scores. McKee wants to accomplish these goals by convincing mayors and town managers to sign a compact with the state where they agree to expand, quote, the culture of learning from the 180-day school year to a full 365-day calendar year. He has $4 million in federal funding to sprinkle across the state, which will help municipalities pay for more after-school programming. If this at all sounds a little like the Providence After School Alliance that David Cicilline created when he was mayor, you're probably on the right track. First to sign on to McKee's plan is Newport, which already has a fantastic network of nonprofits working with students, including the Boys and Girls Club, Sale Newport, Fun Program, Kids Read to Animals. The mayor said it's time to show a sense of urgency for helping kids to succeed. Now, again, this is all Dan McGowan, Boston Globe. He's spot on about that, writes McGowan. But while after-school programming is wonderful, there's no urgency in McKee's plan. There's nothing mandatory about it. Heck, he's not even asking school themselves to extend the school day or the school year. We have no sense how cities and towns are going to be held accountable 
under this Learn 365 RI compact. Is anyone really going to cut funding from nonprofit after-school programs if test scores don't go up? And if we don't have a set of guidelines that municipalities will have to follow in order to obtain funding? McKee, now this is Dan McGowan of the Globe. McKee was an excellent mayor of Cumberland at one time. Wants to leave everything in the hands of his pals at the city and town level. The problem with that, they're not all like McKee. Not all of them care about education the way he did when he led the effort to create mayoral academy charter schools. Many of them are barely interested in schools at all. McKee did spell out three metrics he'll use to compare the students in Rhode Island, Massachusetts. RICAS, MCAS scores, absenteeism rates, completion rates, for the free application for federal student aid. Folks, it goes on from there. But this is, as I have, you know, and it, it just kind of goes in and it is available. You can read it. But Dan McGowan also lays out, you know, Rhode Island's chronic absenteeism rate. It's clear this is where it's clear where I stand on this gimmick of an education plan from a governor who hasn't even bothered to find a new board of education chair since the last one quit in November. But you don't have to take my word for it. So he drove to Cumberland and he actually asked uh, the superintendent and the assistant superintendent what they think about the plan. They hadn't seen anything, um, but they said it has to be focused. And then they went into kind of their plan of, of how they try to get students more proficient and how to how it compares to the state apparently cumberland scores have been going up now thornton he had been in warwick and he i believe just got fed up with the teachers union there but um and then you know they have plans of it only takes a couple dozen more students to slightly raise their test scores for some schools to see 10 to 20 percent gains in their proficiency rates so Students with lower scores also get extra doses of attention to raise their scores. I mean, all of that seems to make sense. So they're trying to improve it. Dan McGowan writes, for what it's worth, I've been asking the Rhode Island Education Department for months for data exactly how many kids need to improve to catch mass. They refuse to say. All in this district that spends 16000 per pupil. This is Cumberland now. 3000 less than the state average. Thornton said he wasn't sure whether Cumberland will sign on to the McKee Pact, but if it does, he knows how he wants to use any extra money. Targeted, focused attention with experts working with kids. So think of that. The district in Cumberland spends 16000 per pupil. Do you know that Westerly is 24000 per pupil? Ridiculous. Providence is 22000 Totally out of hand. But I'm telling you, there is a big buzz about this Dan McGowan piece in the Boston Globe. And again, I think it's all on the money. It's very hard-hitting. Governor McKee's big education plan overpromises and underwhelms. And it starts off with, that's it, with a question mark. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show, it's brought to you by Lawn Doctor, your best lawn ever guaranteed. And I can tell you with my own experience what a fantastic job they did and have done with my lawn. The easiest thing to do is log on to their website. It's LawnDoctor.com. LawnDoctor.com. Put in your zip code, your best lawn ever guaranteed it's lawn doctor of rhode island you can call them 401-392-1025 but log on to their website lawndoctor.com folks you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com you've heard me talk about there's a new news source Rhode Island Current, and joining us right now, she is the Rhode Island Editor-in-Chief, and it is Janine Wiseman. Janine, first of all, uh, good morning, uh, and thank you again for taking the time to talk to us. Tell us a little bit about the Rhode Island Current. Hi, John. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate the opportunity to tell your listeners about Rhode Island Current. So we are an independent 
nonprofit news outlet, and we are the 33rd state capital news outlet that is part of the network uh, run by the National Nonprofit States Newsroom. And talk, if you don't mind, just touch on how, you know, how did this come about and what's the main focus, focal point of the Rhode Island operation? Well, our focus is public policy and state government. And so we are headquartered in Providence. And so we are keeping an eye on what's happening at the state house, but also paying attention as best we can, you know, with our resources, we're a staff <laughs> one editor-in-chief and three reporters, but paying attention to state agencies and what's going on at that level. Um, it's certainly always an interesting time. You know, uh, we're in budget season, um, lots going on. The governor visiting Newport yesterday for the education initiative he's announcing. Um, there's just a lot happening all the time. Some of the stories right now, and I want people to remember now, it's it's RhodeIslandCurrent.com. It's online. It's an online news source. Uh, all social media. It's also on, I know I've seen it on the Facebook page and also on Twitter. But I love how, I mean, there's a lot of content here, Janine, starting with Nancy Lavin, Influential Legislative Panel Returns from Hibernation. That, of course, is JCLS. Nancy Levin, is she dedicated to the State House, or how does it? She um, seems to have a lot of great stories um, about the Rhode Island State House. Nancy certainly does. She came to us from Providence Business News, has a background in finance and uh, covering the financial um, area, just doing super work for us. Um, I would say she's dedicated to journalism in particular, not just the State House. Um, she's certainly just out in front and uh, a little caveat. I think she was covering the, uh, the Pawtucket Redevelopment Agency. Recall when they met to, for their first meeting since the news broke about the bonds not getting financed yet for the Tidewater landing. And she's standing there in a group of men. And uh, I think the chairman of the agency comes out and goes, gentlemen, like, you know, and she's standing right there. So wow. we're, we're definitely trying to change the narrative here and be like, hello, we have a much more diverse uh reporter workforce than that so yeah now folks also um there's different categories and i have talked to janine in the past and one of the things i like is the different categories that rhode island current covers now granted you know there's various stories that come about but mostly the focus is seemingly on education energy environment health care transportation politics and justice i know that you've told me housing is something else that the rhode island current's going to focus on Oh, yeah, that is a big issue this year. I mean, right from the beginning of the year with these encampments that were outside the state house, right, that the governor was yep. struggling to deal with. Um, housing really spans a lot of those categories, certainly transportation, the economy, um, you know, energy as well. Nancy Levin in particular has been uh, diving into energy bills, and sometimes she's the only reporter covering the hearings that are taking place at the PUC. Janine, how is this... Just your personal experience. How is this different from working, covering stories for the Newport Daily News? Well, um, my career at the Daily News spans 25 years. So I started, mm -hmm. you know, with the traditional newspaper. You know, in 1994, you could go in the pre-press room and actually see the slats, you know. Wow. I mean, they were just ending the X-Acto knife and the, the wax right, to lay out the paper before they moved into, you know, software and stuff. So, you know, I saw the traditional route, right? But by the time I left there, it was entirely, almost entirely, it seemed like online, you know, that um, you were posting. I was a senior digital editor then. So, yeah. you know, you really did take that dive into, this is a 24-7 kind of thing now where we're posting. You really have to post every hour to have something so that there is that round the clock of content coming through. And Janine, I'm also um, just your the Rhode Island Current, independent nonprofit news outlet covering state government and the impact of public policy decisions in the ocean state. If you would just touch on that, because I think that's something that is not explored enough or enough of a focus of a lot of the just as we say, the public policy decisions can have tremendous repercussions and impact around the state yeah. so much that people don't even fully recognize it well you know what i think you bring up a good point is when you hear the phrase public policy you're like what is that you know what does it mean to you john <laughs> like everything you do 
think about it though the lunch you're going to eat and where you're going to eat it <laughs> is probably impacted by public policy decisions right um, I you know if you're asking me personally I mean a good thing that just comes to mind to me was there was a time when it was uh, Mayor Cicilline and also Mayor Angel Tavares they didn't allow loitering in downtown Providence they would tell they'd have the police tell people to move along Mayor Alorza relaxed that and thus now you have that led to that that public policy decision of no longer to enforce uh, loitering you see the increase in homeless people wandering around you see the increase in panhandling a lot of people may not realize or see where that came from but mm -hmm. for better or worse you know that was a public policy decision made by by administration to me that's i just mentioned that because it's a strong visual and a lot of people it's not their imagination if you go back to when buddy cianci was the mayor they they wouldn't allow someone to lay on a park bench or things like that yeah i mean it's so. true but there's one indication where this was a multitude of public policy decisions yes. going back decades when yes. you think about it. Yep. So it's not just a short-term loitering thing. But no. There, were, there was a reason why people had nowhere to go. Yes. That's why they were loitering, yep. right? Now, <laughs> you folks, know, so. Again, folks, it's uh, Janine Wiseman, and she is the editor-in-chief for the Rhode Island Current. And, Janine, I am um, the, the right now the Rhode Island Current. And why don't you just give what are the best places that people can access uh, the Rhode Island Current? why their phone or their computer basically we are online at rhodeislandcurrent.com you spell out rhode island um but the best thing you can do is sign up for our morning newsletter and that way you'll get an email with the direct links that go to the top stories of the day and, and the newsletter is called swell so we're we're getting more subscribers every day but i'm, I'm trying to reach our thousand our first one thousand and i'm not there yet <laughs> we're getting there i do get your uh daily email and it's terrific Thank today you, was yep one hour a week be an expert in ten thousand weeks what i like about it and i push this with people is it gives me all the links to all the stories that the rhode island current is uh is covering in and i just something that stood out to me was how in depth uh the the stories are you've been i think breaking stories of anything just going more in depth with certain stories and i'm going to give a good example and that is that the Rhode Island College try to, you know, the, the idea to maybe go two extra years. I think that was the first time I read it. You certainly were ahead of the curve on the Tidewater landing and also on, I think, East Providence and the mayor saying that maybe he would host the soccer games there. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that was the first place that I read it. Well, thank you. And I mean, that's not to say there's not great work that's also happening, you know, across the, the Rhode Island Press Corps. Um, the Tidewater water landing issue became a top news story because of the great work by Eli Sherman at Channel 12, right? So, um, but it's that follow, staying on these these stories and seeing what impact they're having, asking questions and trying to follow the threads of those questions. That's what Nancy did in talking to the mayor of East Providence. You know, where else could this soccer team play if they lost their Pawtucket venue when they want to start their season next year, right? Um so, yeah, um, it's it's just following the stories and staying on them. The Rhode Island College thing was in particularly a great piece, and that was, again, Nancy following through with that. Yep. Um, and, and even then you saw that she was asking qu the questions at URI as well. How yes. come they weren't part of this? That's right. <laughs> you know, there's, there's more to do there, you know, just in terms of budgets and level funding, or even cutting budgets, Um at our higher education institutions they they just need a lot more attention than they're getting folks again it is rhode island the rhode island current and they're right online she is the rhode island editor-in-chief janine weisman and folks again you can check them out at rhodeislandcurrent.com janine i mean it um congratulations good luck and we're going to talk to you again i really like the work very impressive journalistic work that i'm seeing well thank you so much john i really appreciate that and yes i hope we'll talk again for over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals, help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength 
of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401-434-1510. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining us right now, new chairperson of the Rhode Island Republican Party, and I'm uh, very happy for the individual. He worked hard for it. He ran a great campaign. We've interviewed him in the past. He ran against Senator Frank Lombardi last fall, and I want to welcome, it is Chairman Joe Powers. Chairman, first of all, congratulations, and uh, thanks for taking some time to talk to us today. I appreciate you having me, John. Thank you. Joe Powers, just, you know, a lot of people are learning about you, hearing about you for the first time. You know, walk us through a little 60-second bio of Joe, of Joe Powers. <laughs> well, I'll try to keep it at 60 seconds, but uh, simply put, uh, I'm born and raised in Cranston, Rhode Island, uh, currently still live there as well. Uh, spent uh, all my time in Edgewood as a kid, graduated from uh, Hendricken, went into the military, went to Rhode Island College, jumped into the corporate world, and now I'm currently in the uh, wonderful world of real estate um, as an investor, as a realtor, um, and uh, I've traveled all over the country uh, as uh, working with teams to help small businesses get started, helping them raise capital and funding and sort. And, uh, yeah, I ran for office last year in 2022 against uh, Senator Frank Lombardi. It's my first time ever running for office. Uh, got a real good taste of it, enjoyed it, and uh, I wanted to continue to go. And then when I heard about the chairman position coming, coming available, talked to a few people, and I said, you know what? That's something I can do. So I jumped in. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we both grew up in Edgewood. You actually mm-hmm. grew up one street over down from me. We both attended St. Paul School. We yeah. both went to Bishop Hendricken, and we both yeah. went to Rhode Island College. Tell us, tell me a little bit about the military. Um, well, I was in the Coast Guard, uh, and just so we're clear, you are a, a little bit older than me, too. I just want to make sure Understood. I clarify that one. Uh, <laughs> so I actually spent uh, four years in the United States Coast Guard actually working with the uh, border security, drug interdiction. Uh, I was a bosun's mate, small boat coxswain. Uh, doing uh, uh, boarding teams, boarding operations, fisheries, uh, uh, search and rescue, uh, all the fun stuff that you get to do uh, in the military and uh, and enjoy doing it. But um, four years was enough for me at that time, and I decided to move on. Now, folks, again, we're speaking with the new head of the Rhode Island Republican Party. It's Joe Powers, Chairman Joe Powers. Um, Chairman, and I do want to use the title just because I'm mm. I'm speaking to you in in that role that you are mm. the title of the party. What what was it that you heard when you number one you decided to you know go for it and you successfully got the support of everyone to become the new chairperson of the party? But what 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 were you hearing in leading up to it as far as? Um, start off with some of the challenges that the party faces. Well, I mean, in the state of Rhode Island, to be a Republican, um, it is a challenge to begin with. Uh, what I was hearing from folks was uh, they were looking for somebody that had a certain skill set of leadership, communication, people that had the ability to uh, bring unity, uh, somebody who can bring the party together to kind of speak almost as one. Uh, Republicans have been known to be individuals uh, simply because a good number of them are uh, small business owners, which, you know, you kind of you fend for your own as far as owning and operating your own business. So you do have a tendency to have some of that. Uh, but what folks were looking for was the opportunity to get a breath of fresh air, kind of get a relaunch of a new Republican Party, uh, showing people who we are. Um, they wanted to make sure that we were able to get the message out on who the Republican Party really was. You know, it's it's no secret that we've gone too long with allowing other people to say who we are. Um, we're nothing like what you hear on pretty much all of the media outlets out there, all of the talking heads. Um, it's, it's, this is a group of people that have a strong mindset um, for growth. They have a, uh, a focus on, you know, what it is to actually have a productive Rhode Island 
um, in the last 80, 90 years, we haven't had that. I mean, for anything else, there should be a balance. Uh, in the world of capitalism, competition is great. When you don't have competition, people take over and they just run roughshod. Uh, which is basically what's been happening in the state of Rhode Island. So it's now it's our turn to step up, show people who we are, get the message out of what it is that we stand for, and and make a course correction for the state of Rhode Island. Folks, again, we're speaking with, he is the chairman of the Rhode Island Republican Party, it's Joe Powers. Chairman, <clears throat> as we look back now, I mean, it's April, you look back at the fall of 2022. Um, you know, any team that goes through a game and then comes up on the losing end of it. You want to look back uh, what could have been done differently, what was done right. So I'm just curious, and no race in particular, but just I'm just curious some of the synopsis you came away with of, okay, you know, this worked well, this maybe needs to be better. As you look back at the fall of 2022, what are some of those takeaways well first off i think anybody in any business what i teach and preach is for people to take a look at their own business and uh, ask two questions one was what did we do well and what could we have done better Um, i don't want to say that we did anything wrong um, but there's always room for improvement in any scale regardless if you're at the top of the game or if you just start in the game Um, what do i think we could have done better it is exactly what we've been talking about is the messaging Um, we could have gotten to the microphone first. Uh, We could have put out a stronger message of unity. I'll I'll tell you, the the Democrats, I take my hat off to them. Competition-wise alone, I take my hat off to them because their messaging got out super strong. You know, watch out, super red wave coming your way, Um, you know, uh, or this person's extreme or that person's extreme. And if you got to know the people who they were talking about, you kind of scratch your head and be like, I I, I don't see that correlation. Um, So what did we do wrong? Mm, I don't know if we did it wrong. I mean, I know a good portion of the candidates who ran and they worked and they did exactly what they should have done. There's a good number of people in there, John, who who got themselves into the 40 percentile as far as, uh, uh, as far as uh, uh, votes are concerned, myself included. Um, I had what, six months worth of campaigning and I went from, essentially 0% recognition to 43% recognition. We have other people in there have gotten to 47, 48, even 40 against the Speaker of the House. I mean, so they did the work. We just need to do better as a party of helping with the message to align everybody, to show everybody who we are. Now, right now, um, forget about what's, and I don't mean to say forget about what's going on, but nationwide, but just you're talking about a state right now, Chairman, that there just seems to be people are disgruntled. People are not, you know, as someone that deals with the public, uh, people are feel they're overtaxed. Uh, no one is seeing good test results coming down. People are seeing these public projects of which they didn't even get a chance. You know, they don't support or vote on. And I, I just I notice a lot. Of, and I'm curious your thoughts. But I, I sense a lot of people who are not content with the direction the state's going right now. Well, yeah, you know, you you take a look at what's happening right now, and it just seems to be a a calamity of confusion almost, if you would, where, you know, the the test scores that just came out, by the way, on a Friday night during Passover on Good Friday, um, and the numbers are abysmal. And and I had somebody tell me the other day that, you know, we have 85% graduation rate, but the people that are graduating are showing a 26.6% uh, proficiency in mathematics and 30% in, in science. So who, who, who are we graduating? And then that stems right over to, you know, projects that are falling, falling apart at our feet. And, you know, we don't have the right funding. And then, and then we get an extension on the, uh, on the, uh, on the, uh, emergency, uh, plan with through the governor to try and get more money, which even president Biden himself signed off on a bill. That says that, you know, the emergency is over. Let's stop with this thing. But yet we're still tapping. We're still tapping for more money. Um, The message from the party on the left that is running the state of Rhode Island is resounding. And people are starting to wake up. We're getting more and more phone calls from people who are just like, I'm I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Um, I've been on the phone nonstop. I've been working with my executive director for the last two weeks, literally since the gavel dropped on the convention making phone calls, talking to people, getting insight from folks. And we're hearing a lot of the same stuff, that people are just fed up. 
They're done with being done. They just have no interest in doing this anymore. We need to make solid change. And this is where we need to actually take all the information, all the data that we had from last last run that we had. We have to have the proper analyzation and change up the message to make sure that people understand what it is that we can do differently to help Rhode Island get back on course. All right. Wherever someone is listening, because no, granted, you know, the election is not till 24. And that's a little bit of a challenge because it's a presidential year and then Democrats get big turnout. What is the best way? How can people get involved? How can people meet you? Maybe there's someone that's saying, I think I'd like to, I think I'd like to get involved in the process. What's the best way, Chairman Powers, for someone to approach that? Yeah, John, I'm glad you brought that up because we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for people to help out and step up. Um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is you can just email me. It's chair at ri.gop, uh, uh, chair at ri.gop. Send me an email. Uh, let me know that you're looking to step up and help out. Uh, we have plenty of volunteers right now who are looking to help out. We're just getting ready to launch on our committees, and we are putting some very key people in place. I'm very excited what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks uh, regarding the party itself as committees. So if we have people that are out there that are interested, they can always reach out to me at chair at ri.gop and uh, let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know how you want to help. We're always looking for delegates. We're always looking for volunteers. Um, we're going to build this thing uh, over the next year and a half before we get to this, even before this election. Um, that's going to show people that, you know, whatever investment you make into the GOP, you're going to get a return on your investment, whether that's with your time or your finances and funding. Um, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to get them a return on their investment. You know, it's funny, Chairman Powers, before I let you go, but I, I, you know, I'll encounter people and all they do is they watch Fox News and all they do is <laughs> they talk about you know, what's going on in other parts of the country. And I'll say to them, you know, do you realize you could have an impact right here? Like the stuff you're watching on Fox, nothing against it, but it, it's, you you could, people will say to me, I'm not sure I want to run for office. And I'll say, well, then why don't you help out on a campaign? Why don't you find out? Maybe you'll learn that you like it. Maybe you'll learn you don't like it. Maybe you'll find out that you're good at it. I'm curious, how did you find um, what, there's a big difference. You'd think about doing it, but you actually did it. You ran, you took on a very strong incumbent. What was, what was that experience like for Joe Powers? Well, first off, let me address the first part of, of like your Fox News and your CNNs and your MSNBCs. Is they're going to they're going to report on what they want to report on. They have far more uh, you know uh, talking heads on there than they do people reporting news. So whatever narrative that they want to put out, and it's amazing to me now that you see videos coming out with people showing stuff. Or you know, I'll just use COVID as the example of people who are steadfast in their beliefs and their thoughts about everything that happened with COVID and state of emergencies and everything that. And then all of a sudden, two or three years later, they're kind of lax on it. And they forget that they were the ones that were hammering the point two, three years ago about you need to do this. or You're going to kill people or you're not going to do this. And you got to save the planet. and You got to do this. And they forget that this stuff's all on video. We can go back and watch it all. And people are doing it. What got me involved was part of that. It was where I just felt like there was a little bit too much overreach as far as government is concerned. And you and I have had this discussion in the past, but it was when the state of Rhode Island, uh, the, my opponent at the time, um, had co-sponsored a bill that was going to take that whole vaccine mandate thing to the very next level and start taxing people uh, on a monthly basis. They're going to fine you. And then they were going to increase you know, the property tax because you didn't get the vaccine. And then on top of that, the Climate Act of 2021 or the 2021 climate act act on climate where they were going to say that you have to get rid of all of your cars. that message right there just doesn't get out to people until we actually do it and once i started hearing about these things i finally stopped wanting to be that armchair politician and actually get out and tell people now don't get me wrong i'm not doing this whole rah-rah siskumba screaming at the top of my lungs telling everyone to go into the you know they're being the, the damnation of hell or anything of that sort I'm just going to show you facts. I'm going to show you things that have been going on in the state of Rhode Island. That is my target with the candidates that we're going to be bringing on. I said at one point, we're going after quality, not quantity. We're going to go after candidates, and we're putting a process and a system in place that we're going to find the candidates who are actually going to be able to affect change in Rhode Island and do it in a way that makes sense. 
common sense, which isn't so common anymore, unfortunately. And we're going to bring that back and we're going to show people exactly what it is we're going to be doing. We're going to show them the alternate of how things can be run and how great Rhode Island is and how amazing it'll be in the future. What's the best way for people to reach you or reach the party? Should they go in person? Should they call? Should they send an email? Is there a website? What's the best? What way do you prefer people to get involved? The absolute best way, John, thanks for asking again, is um, is by email, uh, chair at ri.gop. And simply put is we are uh, extremely busy, but that doesn't negate the fact that we want to talk to as many people as possible. So to set up uh, a schedule, you you know as well as I do how schedules can change rapidly, whereas I could be sitting on a Tuesday thinking I have my Wednesday morning off and suddenly four things pop up on the schedule. So the best way to do it is to email chair at ri.gop. Uh, let me know who you are, what it is you want to discuss, how it is you think you can help, uh, what concerns that you have that we can help you out with, and um, and we can set something up where we can have the opportunity to talk. Because we also have opportunities in the cities and towns. I mean, we have cities and towns committees and the Republican committee that are still looking for delegates. Um, I know in North Providence, we're looking for folks. Central Falls, we're looking for folks. Woonsocket, we're looking for folks. This is an opportunity for people to actually step up and be part of it without having to be thrust into the spotlight too, by the way. They don't have to be the person at the microphone. They don't have to be the person, you know, being up there debating with people. They want to help. They can just contact us, tell us where you're at and, and ask how we, and we'll ask how we can help you and you tell us what you think you can do with us and we'll gladly bring you on board again he is the new chair of the rhode island republican party we wish him tremendous success it is chairman joe powers joe chairman again congratulations good luck we're going to talk to you a lot but uh very happy for you and uh and good luck over the course of of just the spring well john i appreciate it thank you again have yourself a great day falcon pest services 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon Pest services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink. Always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area. There's normally a game on and a nice group of people there or you could sit out in the dining room don't forget the nice weather they have the deck open the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln delicious food and drinks awaiting for you i'll see you at the lodge you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com uh the events that have taken place regarding this National Guardsman. Folks, it is, it's disgraceful. Heads should roll. Uh, this is someone, by the way, he is, he is a traitor. I don't know if he should be executed, but he should certainly spend the rest of his life in prison. But it's also frightening. We, we, have, a, we have a major problem, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through some of the sound of this. And I know people are trying to sort out uh, what all this means, but the, the virtue of the fact this is espionage. You you can't have someone taking classified doc. We have a problem right now, classified documents, and also our intelligence. You know, there's a lot of different things, and, and a lot of it's not positive. The way there's attacks on FBI and the government. Now again, all of these things, something like this, this doesn't, this certainly doesn't help the situation. This goes also into what I believe. I as I have been saying, I don't believe. 
that President Biden is going to seek another. I don't think he's going to seek another term in office. I know he he's given the impression he will. But if you really see what's going on, you know, the economy is not expected, not exactly rolling smoothly here. Things are definitely ramping up with China, Russia. Um, his the, the this is completely inexcusable about this document leak. Uh, leak and more importantly, th- this is someone. What what what? Why would someone like that have access to classified information? And they they need he needs to be made an example of. Now I'm very disappointed to see someone like a Marjorie Taylor Greene try to come to his defense and all this stuff about the Biden regime and why are we in Ukraine and oh that 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 is not the point. You can't have that is. He is doing the work. We don't know where a lot of this info may have ended up. And I also want to be very clear. This is absolutely disgraceful that the New York Times, seemingly, they were able to locate this individual faster than uh, our, our own intelligence community. Now, I know so many people like to do the what about. And I get that. Like, what about the leak of Roe and that type of... I, I, I get that. And and it is, it is... I agree with that. It is ridiculous. They supposedly can't find who did that. But I, I am appalled and shocked that some of the people right now that are actually trying to run cover for this guy. And, you know, it's because he's a Christian. And it's because he's white. And none of that, I mean, none of that makes sense. And none of that has anything to do with with what we're talking about. This Air National Guardsman uh, arrested in the connection. Now, I want to play some of the sound that exists. This Jack Texera, Jack the Dripper. What? And and by the way, also fantastic coverage. Channel 5 in Boston, they had the overhead shot of him with a the helicopter so i want to play this is a a full piece on it and i mean it i i am appalled at various people that are trying to run cover and you know they are acting oh this is biden's the enemy here and the biden regime and like what are you talking about this is the united states of america that we're talking about all right here it is FBI agents surrounded the Massachusetts home of 21-year-old Jack Teixeira yesterday. He is due at that federal courthouse in Boston this morning. And we are there live. Our team is covering all the angles, including with the president overseas. Our chief global affairs anchor, Martha Raddatz, starts us off. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, Michael. The FBI moved carefully to carry out this arrest. They knew this Air National Guardsman was familiar with weapons and had military training. But Teixeira seemed to know his time was almost up. This morning, the young man authorities say could be responsible for leaking hundreds of top-secret documents now in custody. An FBI SWAT team outfitted in full tactical gear surrounding the New England home of 21-year-old Jack Teixeira, a low-ranking enlisted airman and IT specialist for the intelligence wing of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. Aerial cameras capture him as he appears to wait on the deck reading a news helicopter overhead as the agents move in. Later, walking down the driveway in gym shorts and a T-shirt, agents order him to turn around and slowly walk back towards the armored vehicle with his hands on his head, and then they quickly handcuff him. The Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Investigators say the arrest comes after an intense week-long manhunt and less than 24 hours after the Washington Post published an interview with a teen who said he was part of a chat group with the young man who leaked the documents. The teen did not identify the man. He was a young, charismatic man who loved nature, God, who loved shooting guns and and racing cars. He did see himself as the leader of this group, and ultimately he was the leader of this group. The team said that starting last fall, the man who called himself OG posted hundreds of pages of classified documents to impress his friends in the invitation-only group on Discord, a chat website popular with young gamers. I would not call OG a whistleblower in the slightest. 
I don't think that there was a goal nor some sort of accomplishment that he was looking for in sharing these documents. Of course, there's some anti-government uh, sentiment, but that's not unlike most right-wingers in the modern day and age. When the story of the leaks grew, the teen said OG felt like the end was near, signing off of the group for the final time just a few days ago. He was just saying that this may be the last he ever sees of us, and he was thanking us for all the good times that we had together and hoping that everything would blow over. The Pentagon now facing hard questions about why the 21-year-old airman had access to such closely guarded secrets. It is important to understand uh, that we do have stringent guidelines in place for safeguarding classified and sensitive information. This was a deliberate criminal act. The Secretary of Defense has now ordered a review of who has access to classified material and how it is handled. And of course, they're still looking at the ongoing problem of just how much damage this massive leak of material has caused. George inexcusable absolutely inexcusable all right it continues now about um then the fallout in the court case as well let me um i want to go to that and aaron how will things unfold at that courthouse today He's going to make an initial appearance here at some point today, George, after the FBI said Jack Teixeira betrayed the country and put national security at risk. What he's exactly charged with isn't yet known, but if Teixeira is ultimately charged under the Espionage Act, he could be looking at decades in prison. Good. And whatever he's initially charged with Good. today is unlikely to fully reflect the depth of his alleged crimes or the damage caused by leaking classified defense information online that's still being assessed the justice department began its criminal investigation last week but investigators were still searching his home late into the night looking for more evidence they're also working to determine a motive was it ego or glory seeking or maybe something more sinister and though he was arrested here in massachusetts Teixeira is ultimately likely to be prosecuted in virginia because much of what was leaked originated at the pentagon George. Okay, Aaron, thanks. Complete, complete disgrace. Let me hear one more piece. Exactly, George. And I have been told that the president has been briefed on the arrest, though he hasn't commented yet on it directly. Biden did break his silence, though, yesterday on the leaks, and he downplayed their impact. He is arguing that while the leaks themselves are concerning, that the information that is being put out there is outdated. But there is no question the administration is deeply concerned about the national security implications here. The Pentagon, we know, is already taking steps to restrict and limit who has access to this kind of deeply sensitive material. And the administration has been reaching out to top officials around the world to try and contain the fallout of this, though the president is keeping a distance from those conversations. George, we are told this has not come up in any of his meetings here. What else is on the president's agenda today? The president today is continuing the final day of his cultural tour of his ancestral home. Today is purely personal, George. The president continuing to trace his roots, culminating with a speech later today in front of the cathedral that his great-great-great-grandfather sold bricks to to help build. That money helped to fund the family's move to the U.S., where they settled in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And, George, you know the rest from there. <laughs> Bit of a homecoming. Okay, Mary, thanks for Now, I Mary believe, folks, well, as I said... Uh, earlier. See, I think this is one of the things you do when you're president and you're not going to be seeking a second term. You go through your list. What are the types of trips and things you'd like to do as president? And I think one of them for President Biden, for lack of a better phrase, but like a bucket list was I want to visit Ireland as president, much like President Kennedy did. Um, it's just a completely different trip and experience and i think it's one of those things the opportunity is there the window is there check it off i think he goes the whole summer and then into the fall suddenly that's just what i think is going to happen i don't think he's going to seek another four years and that'll set off a scramble and as you saw or maybe you've heard so former rhode island governor now commerce secretary gina Raimondo gets has her pr team fired up and she was she's now listed time magazine one of the most influential people uh in the world and of the year i also believe you're going to see more profiles on her you're going to see maybe something like on a 60 minutes um i think regardless of what some people think of her 
Rhode Island Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo sees the window of opportunity. I believe she is one of those people that would toss her hat in the ring if President Biden announced he's not seeking um, another term, I believe. And even if you don't get that, I could see some kind of Democrat, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, he would like to run. And I could almost see it would almost be like a bi-coastal thing, right? She's from Rhode Island. He's from California, governor of California, governor of Rhode Island. I could see maybe VP slot or maybe other way around. But I, I, these this these things are not accidents. It's just this just didn't happen that she's listed as one of the most influential people uh, with Time magazine. That that tells me she has her PR term team, excuse me, cranked up and ready to go. That's how I see it. You are listening to the John DePietro show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane heating and cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209 in Massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 next time you have an emergency Think at Med Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Med Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atman urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atman urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 atwood avenue in johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich online at admedurgentcare.net 